Everybody loves to hear good news and a true story. Life's Been Different is a podcast that shares people's testimonies, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and how he changes lives. We believe that this podcast will influence you to live life differently by becoming a follower of Jesus. As you listen to messages straight from heaven and hear radical stories from everyday people whose lives have been made different by Jesus. So get ready to open your heart and encounter him and go and tell the world why your life's been different. Welcome to Life's Been Different. My name is Merlo, and I'm so glad you're with us today. We pray that what you hear today will influence you to live life differently by becoming followers of Jesus. As you listen to the simple gospel preached and hear radical stories from everyday people whose lives have been made different by Jesus. How one can go from darkness and into his marvelous light, from Egypt and into the promised land, which is a type of salvation, and the title of my first single, Promised Land, available now on all streaming platforms, such as iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube. Simply search Promised Land by me, Merlot. That's M. E-R-L-O. And if you would be so kind, please follow me at Merlot on social media and follow and subscribe to Life's Been Different on Instagram and YouTube or simply visit lifespindifferent.com. The first book I ever read was the Bible when I was 25 years old. Growing up, I attempted to read books but never finished especially the ones required by school. The one book that always caught my attention, though, was The Great Gatsby. The wealth and the fancy parties and the character of Jay Gatsby intrigued me. It reminded me of the celebrity lifestyle of the rich and famous that I was so earnestly pursuing. If you look up the book on Wikipedia, one that most say is the greatest novel ever written, you'll see that the great Gatsby, and I quote, explores the themes of decadence, idealism, resistance to change, social upheaval and excess, creating a portrait of the Roaring Twenties that has been described as a cautionary tale regarding the American dream. Love, wealth, and fame. All a person can want. It's interesting to me that it says, a resistance to change. So, what made Jay Gatsby great? Well, what makes anybody great? I guess it's up to personal interpretation. Today, I want to look at the man that Jesus said was the greatest man to ever be born by women. The title of today's message is The Greatest Man ministry, and message. My former life coach says that a wealthy person is a person who invests in God by investing in their personal relationship with Jesus by self-discipleship and investing in the kingdom of God, both financially and in discipling others. It's all about how you get money, how you view money, and how you use money. So why am I talking about money? Because like Gatsby and most of the world, 
He thought his greatness was portrayed by his wealth, but at the end, he was unfulfilled and lonely, working hard to create something for himself, to have an image. This is similar to my story, minus the wealth. So who is the greatest man to ever live? Who was greater than everybody except Jesus? Who could be greater than Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, King David, King Solomon, Elijah, Elisha, and the list continues, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, who could be greater than all of these great men? Well, the Bible tells us that Jesus said it was John the Baptist, and not because he was Jesus' cousin. Have you ever heard how the Bible described John? He was a wild man, a wilderness dweller, who ate locust and wild honey. He dressed crazy. Basically, he was a common man with no money, no home, a nomad, a vagabond. And yet, he called the attention of everybody he encountered. I'm not saying this is how we have to be to be great. But what I am saying is that obviously, Jesus had a different view on what made a person great. Social media today portrays the image of so many people who in our culture are great. Celebrities, actors, rappers, athletes. So many people are considered great by their wealth, by their clothes, by their endeavors. CEOs and business owners, owners of major companies, Fortune 500 companies, people who have millions of dollars. Listen, I've known some of the most successful people in the world. I've been with millionaires. And I've also been with some of the most lonely people in the world. I've been in celebrity mansion parties in Hollywood, and I've been in refugee camps in Syria and Lebanon. And let me tell you, most have something in common. Loneliness. So today, we're going to talk about the greatest man, the greatest ministry, and the greatest message. How can one become great? How can one have the greatest ministry? And what is the greatest message? And how do we parallel? So John was the greatest man to ever live. Let's look at John. Let's look at what the Bible says is the greatest man ever. Turn with me to Matthew 3, verses 1 through 6 in the New King James Version. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. Then Jerusalem, all of Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. So what made him great? I believe what made him great was that he lived in the wilderness. Why, why would that make someone great? This is why. The culture of those days was all based on the religious system 
and their oppression from Rome. The religious leaders, the priests and the scribes, the Pharisees and the Sadducees controlled the religious climate in that region. They were the ones teaching the law and giving the doctrine of the day. But John, John lived in the wilderness. John lived separated from the world. John lived alone. So why would that make him great? I believe that that made him great because he was uncluttered in his mind. In other words, John didn't have social media. John didn't read other books other than the Bible. John didn't have a TV. John didn't have, check this out, a cell phone. What would someone like that be like today? We would consider that person a loser. We would almost ask, how do you live? Listen, John was so uncluttered in his mind that his purpose and his message were completely clear. John living in the wilderness, separated from the world, gave him something of an advantage because he didn't have access to what the preachers were preaching. In other words, John had nothing but the Bible and his purpose. And John knew who he was. How do we know that John knew who he was? Because John knew that the prophet Isaiah said that he would be the one crying out in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord. John knew his mission. John knew his purpose. And John knew his identity. And because he lived in the wilderness, separated from culture, separated from the doctrines of the day, separated from what other people were teaching and preaching, John knew nothing but the word of God and what he was supposed to do. John was great because he was uncluttered and because he knew his mission and his purpose. And he became the greatest because he fulfilled that mission. And so what was his mission? His mission was his ministry. Therefore, John had the greatest ministry ever. And what is the greatest ministry? The greatest ministry is thus. Let's look at the verse again. Matthew 3, 1 through 6. And in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, This is the ministry. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. That was John's ministry. His ministry was to prepare the way for the Lord and to make his paths straight. Let's look at it in Mark's gospel. Mark 1, 1 through 8. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare the way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. That was John's ministry. So what is the greatest ministry, Merlo? What are you saying? The greatest ministry is to prepare the way for the king. John's calling 
was so epic. He was literally called to let people know that the Messiah was coming. And when he preached, all of Jerusalem, all of Judea, and everyone around that region was attracted to him. Imagine people coming from all over the United States, all 50 states coming to me in San Clemente to hear me preach on the beach. Could you imagine that? And then taking the time to baptize everyone and for the entire nation to repent of their sins? John was very attracting. So what does that mean to prepare the way for the king? John was a herald for the king. In those days, when a king would travel, he would send out the herald, and the herald would go with a pack. The herald would go into the city and scream at the top of his lungs that the king was coming, and therefore, everyone prepare yourselves, for the king is on his way. Get your best garment, clean your house, clean the city, and make sure that everything is ready and prepared and appropriate for the king's presence. Then those with the herald would check the roads, take all the excess rocks, make sure all the bumps were filled, because remember they were dirt roads. So they would fill all the holes and take everything off the road so that the king's chariot or whatever the king traveled on had a smooth ride. John prepared the way for the Lord Jesus, heralding saying, the king is coming, the king is coming. And when he comes, make sure you're prepared. And guess what? I want to let you know today that this is our ministry too, to prepare the way for the king. When someone might say, I thought Jesus already came. And he did. And he died. And he rose again. And he is alive today. And he's coming back again. Our ministry is to prepare the way for the coming king. Because Jesus, the king of kings, is in fact coming again. And I believe he's coming again soon. So we are to prepare the people for his return. I've heard people say, oh, Jesus isn't really coming back. They've been saying that Jesus is going to come back for thousands of years. The disciples thought that he was coming back like next week. Peter, James, and John were writing the gospel. John Mark wrote the gospel of Mark so quick. That's why it's a short book and to the point because they believed that Jesus was seriously coming back like any time. So he wrote his gospel to get it circulating so people could know. We are to preach the gospel and get it circulating so people can know. Because like people said he's not coming back again, people said that the first time. And guess what? He came. And guess what? He's coming again. John played his role. And now, it's our turn to play ours. So how do we prepare for Jesus' return? We prepare them with the greatest message. And what is the greatest message? Let's look at the verse again. And in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, 
Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now let's look at Mark's gospel. Mark chapter 1 verse 4. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. In other words, John preached, if you repent, then your sins will be completely forgiven. So the message is this, that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed. What does that mean? Well, it means two things. If it's being proclaimed, then that means it's possible to be forgiven and it's available currently to be forgiven. And if it's being proclaimed, or in other words, being talked about with authority and belief, then who proclaims it? We do, who believe. Because when we believe, Jesus gives us authority. So how do we know this is the greatest message ever? Let me bring your attention to some more scriptures. Look at what Jesus preached. Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. What is the gospel? Let's look at what it says. The gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So what is the gospel? The gospel is that Jesus came, Jesus died, and Jesus rose again so that you would be forgiven of your sins. How do you get forgiven of your sins? The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9 that if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So, if you confess your sins, which basically means if you agree with God on what your sin is, and repent of your sins, which basically means to turn around and go the opposite direction, then you will be forgiven of your sins. Therefore, the kingdom of God is at hand because the mystery of the kingdom is that Jesus Christ died for our sins and then is in us when we believe in him. Therefore, believe in the gospel. And again, Matthew 4:17 says, from that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand or repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Listen, Repenting is more than feeling bad about your sins or wrongs. It's more than thinking about something. It's literally changing your mind and your complete direction. It consists of surrender. It consists of obedience. And it involves and requires the turning from your sin. Genuine repentance is a work of God in the human heart. It's a desire to turn from your sins and to restore your relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Deep down, we all generally know right from wrong. It's selfish. Sin is prideful. And it's only desirable for a time, the Bible says. It's not fulfilling. And you can't truly repent without feeling bad about it. At conversion, when you receive the Lord Jesus Christ and repent from your sins, you're saved. But as a believer, you continually repent of your sins as you follow Jesus 
to keep your relationship strong with him. Every morning, even though I feel like I had a good day, I still wake up and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Forgive me of all my sins, any sin I may have committed yesterday, any wrong thought, any motive, any conversation I had with someone else in my mind. If I ever got agitated or if I wasn't right or if I didn't react or respond to people, Lord, forgive me of that sin. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness and help me become the person that you created me to be. I want to have a strong relationship with you, Jesus. I love you. Thank you. And if you will do this too, man, I promise you'll be in joy. So if John preached repentance, and if Jesus preached repentance, then what do we preach? <laughs> you guessed it. One of my mentors taught me to pay close attention to the closing remarks of those the Holy Spirit used to write the Bible, and how much more the closing remarks from Jesus, who is God himself. Let's look at what he commanded the disciples to preach in the last five verses in the book of Luke. This is the final message and commission. Luke chapter 24 verses 46 and 47. Then he, Jesus, said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it is necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remissions of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. What in the world? Jesus put himself rising from the dead in the same sentence as repentance? That Jesus would rise from the dead and that people need to repent? What in the world? Is it that important? It is. The underlying common denominator of all of Jesus' sermons, life, and ministry is the repentance of sins and the forgiveness of sins. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came so that we could be forgiven of our sins. Jesus died so that we can be forgiven of our sins. And Jesus rose again so that we can be forgiven of our sins. Listen, you can't become someone new and stay the same. That's why you have to repent. You have to turn around and go the opposite direction. Luke 3, 8 in the Passion Translation says to turn from your sin, turn to God, and prove it by a changed life. That's life's been different. It's a newness of life. It's a life of peace and joy and abundance and a forgiveness of sins. This newness of life starts when your old life ends. How do we become the greatest person? We live uncluttered. We find out our purpose and we stay on mission. And we have the greatest ministry by preparing the way for the coming king. John did it and now it's our turn. And we preach the greatest message to repent. Why repent? Because the forgiveness of sins is available to all who turn to God. And when you turn to God, you start to live life differently by becoming a follower of Jesus.
I want to encourage you. You can become great. You can become a brand new person. You can live life differently than you currently are. And you can be forgiven of all your sins, past, present, and future. So, what do we do next? It's a call to action. We repent ourselves. We confess sin. We stop living for ourselves and start living for God. We start following Jesus. I love what 1 Peter 4 says. We have spent enough time doing what unbelievers choose to do. It's time to live in this newness of life so that our lives can become different. And this life is available to all. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Then verse 13 says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus is coming soon. And there's one thing above all things that's most important. And it's this. Knowing where you're going to go after you die or at the end of the age. Today, you have the opportunity to know if you're saved, and to be sure of it, to become a great person, to begin the greatest ministry, and to preach the greatest message known to man. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and the king is coming soon. Prepare the way for the coming king. Repent and be forgiven so that you can go into all the world and share why your life's been different because of what Jesus has done for you and let them know what Jesus will do for them. I know that I know the day that I met the creator of the universe face to face. I know the day I got saved and truly repented. The day that I met Jesus because my life's been different ever since. And like for me that day, today is your day, the day of salvation. You're one decision away. Or maybe you're ready to finally make your all-in commitment. And when you do, you continue in that faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you just heard, the gospel of Jesus Christ, which I, Merlot, have become a servant. Then go into all the world and share why your life's been different. Decide and begin to live life differently by becoming a follower of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Life's Been Different podcast. For more information on Life's Been Different, our clothing and resources, music by Merlot, or OSL, the online discipleship course by Solid Lives, visit lifespindifferent.com. Hey, 
If you haven't received Jesus Christ to be your personal Lord and Savior, we would like to give you the opportunity right here, right now. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. I confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that he was raised from the dead and is alive today. Forgive me of my sins. Make me completely clean. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and help me become the person you created me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, congratulations. Welcome to the kingdom. Jesus is real. Turn from your sin, turn to him, and go and tell the world why your life's been different.